and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we are analyzing aliens in short, controlled bursts. I'm John Ingle. And I'm Tom Taylor. And today we're here to talk about Minute 59 of Aliens, which begins with Vasquez and Hudson slowly advancing through the alien habitat, and it ends with Hicks finding an empty egg. Tom, you're back again. This is day four for you. How are you, how are you holding up? I'm doing great. I, it's worth the commute. I'm having a great time. Yep, just take the old Amtrak down. Yeah, Chicago to Kansas City. It only takes eight hours. Or I did have to 12. turn in my uh, my ammunition this last time, and they didn't tell me why, which I found obnoxious. But uh, I made it anyway. I got my well. Shipment. Well, I mean, it was you were you did take Super Train here, which was if you <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you remember the great show Super Train. It was a nuclear powered train. Oh, well, so, see if you just yes. told me that. And Jason told me that it would have gotten. <laughs> Oh, introduce me so I can talk about Super Train. Come on. Oh, Joe, Joe Mazel, do you know something about Super Train? We have, there's no way that any other podcast has talked about Super Train more than Alien Minute has in its run. <laughs> I go that. ahead, talk about um, it more. The late, great mystery author Donald Westlake was, I believe, the executive producer, or maybe, might have even been like the head writer of the show. Uh, he definitely had an opening credit uh, credit, an opening credit sequence credit, uh, so he was powerful enough for that. But yeah. Let's take Love Boat and put it on a future train. That does sound great. This train has a disco floor. <laughs> it's a oh, super train. People have, that have listened to Alien Minute from the very first episode are like, why do they keep fucking talking about super train? Well, there's a, our, my friend and uh, sometimes co-host, sometimes guest, J- Jason Heck, is an expert on super train. He has to be. Like, I don't know where he got his expertise, but he can spew... <laughs> Any bit of information about that show, and there, even episode two, I believe, of Alien Minute is him doing just that when I uh, secretly hit record. <laughs> well, I love him like while he was expert on Super Train, so... Expert, he could be a kind of an expert on very short run television shows in general, but yeah. Super Train seems to be his expertise, his main focus. I mean, I want to point out if you know that the show Super Train existed, mm-hmm. you pretty much already have your bachelors in Super Train. <laughs> I... I watched it. I remember it. And I I remember thinking that I don't remember the love boat thing. I if I saw an episode it might have been there was some kind of a murder mystery involved in the train and the train seemed to have like trapped the killer. And I thought it was a super train as in it was a sentient train. <laughs> and so I, and mind you I was I think I was 5 when that show was on TV. But that's what I thought. I thought, oh, this train is like able to trap this guy. Now, I have no idea if any of that really happened, but that's always been my memory of that show. But I remember watching that show at my grandma's house, Super Train, and thinking, oh, cool, a Super Train. And then, of course, it was off the air before I could even think about it again. I mean, it was no Tales of the Gold Monkey, but what is? No, that's true. Uh, not even Tales of the Gold Monkey is. It barely was. <laughs> Nothing is. And I really enjoyed Tales of the Gold Monkey as a kid. I almost want to rewatch it, but I know it won't be good. Probably shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Now, gentlemen, we all love Super Train, and we all love Tales from the Gold Monkey, but I believe we are here to talk about some aliens. Say what now? Oh, yeah, aliens. And you know what else we all agree on that we love is the tracker, the motion tracker and its heartbeat rhythm. Oh, it's thumping away. As soon as this minute starts, they're thumping away again (laughs) and right back. And it's cool. And and to me, there's something very effective that happens here. Uh, There's a sequence of events here that really makes this discovery that they have in this minute work. And that's that we get the familiar motion tracker, thump, thump, thump. We're right back into the suspense engine. Our hearts are thumping right along with it. Mm-hmm. And then we get 
um, Hudson once again uh, confirming that there's no movement. We're getting nothing. Zippo, whatever terminology you can use that isn't him just saying, ah, we, we don't have any movement. So we, we're establishing that again. No movement. And then we get our sergeant, our like unflappable sergeant becomes struck by something and goes, holy shit. Right. Looks up and we get this beautiful tilt up from a pair of shoes. So we, nothing like a pair of shoes, honestly, <laughs> uh, this isn't a joke completely. Oh, yeah. Nothing like a pair of shoes to tell you there's a human being here. Like right. you get, we're not getting all the information about this human being, but first thing we're told is this is a human being. Yeah. And now we tilt up and reveal the horror of it all. And I think that's all, that's a great little sequence of events for this cocoon reveal, which we did the people in 1986 who were watching this movie in the theater didn't have this. They didn't see that cut scene of right, Dallas. Right, right. We have never seen this before. Mm-hmm. So it's a great moment. I think it works really well. I think it's really well edited. The sound editing is beautiful. Um, Al Matthews performance is really great and how he re- reacts to seeing it. Yeah. Um, it's good stuff. And it's set to the very Jerry Goldsmith, like uh, alien music in this yeah. moment. Like uh, James Horner goes into his kind of, I don't know what you want. That almost kind of like Patton like, like da 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 Yeah, it's very Patton. Spooky. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, I don't know. You, you've talked a lot about, uh, uh, you know, bringing things back from Alien, like for people who have seen Alien. And uh, I think that works a lot. I think, I think as, you know, for the story and for, you know, keeping people up to date and, and, and keeping them in the story and, you know, cueing them into what's going on for people who are familiar with Alien, that's good. But I always wonder when I hear things like this, I'm like, there's like a second where I'm like, oh, that'd be awesome if I was watching Alien right now. Yeah. That'd be so great. <laughs> or like, oh, like when they, uh, when Ripley is in the boardroom and, and telling the whole story of the Nostromo and everything, and you see all those shit, you see like Harry Dean Stanton, you see, uh, you know, you see Dallas, you see uh, Yafe Koto and everybody, and you're like, oh man, maybe they, like the first time I saw this movie as a kid, I was like, maybe they shouldn't have shown that. Because now I really, I'm so, I'm thinking so much about Alien right now, and I'm not, and I'm, and I'm comparing it to Aliens, and uh, I wonder if that was a misstep for some people, and for, for me, I feel like that was, and although I, I like the music here, I'm not, uh, I went off track, because <laughs> I do like this use of the music here, but it, it does make me think like, oh, you should be super careful about referencing things that are slightly cooler than what you're doing. Right, but then he immediately shows us something new. Like that's, that's to me, true. if there's a, if there are points yeah. in this movie where I say to myself, oh, kind of wish I was watching Alien right now. He pretty deftly throws in things then that are completely different from Alien. And you go, oh, wow, that's a escalation. Yeah, that's true. And that's true. and I think that that's what makes this movie work. Every time mm-hmm. that he does something that's an homage or an echo or a straight up rip off of something you saw, or it's not a really rip off. You can't really rip off a movie that you're sequelizing, <laughs> but <laughs> Right. But what I'm saying is that every time that he uses Alien, he then follows up with something new. That's and true. I think that's what was the smartest thing about this. Why it's one of the, if not, you know, some people would argue the best sequel ever made. It's definitely one of the best sequels ever made. Mm-hmm. And that's because it knows its material that it's drawing from. And it then ups the ante in a lot of ways. I'm not saying I like Alien better personally, but I'm not saying that it's it's better than Alien. But it certainly is an escalation of, mm-hmm. from Alien. Sure. I mean, in a big way, in a lot of ways. But yeah, even here... It's a small thing. It's like, remember Alien? Like It's almost like he's saying, remember Alien? Now look at this. Oh, my God. And yeah. I think it works really well. And so, and as you said, you know, this is, you know, people never saw the uh, the cut scene of, of Dallas and the, the cocoon and stuff. 
So, I mean, yeah, this is, in any universe, this is new to Ripley, too. Like, that scene doesn't exist in this universe. Is that right? That's In my, in my head canon, it doesn't. Okay. Now, that said, I believe, if memory serves, that there were shots or, like, images of it maybe in the picture book, the picture novel of oh. Alien. Oh, I'm trying to remember. There's somewhere where people had seen, if it could have been Starlog, it could have been in any yeah. number of you know monster magazines. Some people had seen it. If you were a hardcore enough fan to dig up any image of Alien that you could find, yeah. But so in that case, it's a it's a bit of fan service, right, for those guys, for the hardcore people. Mm-hmm. So that works too. And then they're like, oh my god, well now we see the cocooning. What's going to happen? What what happens now? Yeah, you know. And maybe they knew that she torched. Dallas, like she does in the scene, so we're going to get that. We're actually going to get that later in this movie, but yeah, um, it works either way. If it's fan service for those few that were hardcore Alien fans, you know they're giddy, mm-hmm. and if it's if it's people that had no idea about this, it's incredibly horrifying. Yeah, yeah, you can say that about the whole movie, really. You know, <laughs> that it's, it's 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 as you say, it's an escalation for people who've seen Alien, and it's brand new crazy stuff for people who haven't. Oh, definitely, and it use. I mean. It's not lazy either. Like mm-hmm. they ha- you have your reveal, you, you know, you have your reveal of the, of the bodies and the cocoon, the cocoons, the bodies, whatever you want to call them. But you also you use, you know, they're, they're using like the head cameras, yeah. and the head cameras are obviously you know shot in a different stock, and they have tracking lines and stuff like that. You know, I mean, it's sort of like like there's enough there's meat to it. It's not just this like kind of like smooth. Um, oh, hey, bad stuff. Moving on. Like there's yeah. nothing lazy about it. Right. Yeah, it's. It, I, I love. You know, we're gonna get more of that in the next minute too. I love the intercutting between the the head cameras, the uh, body cams, however you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that stuff is so disorienting, and it just adds texture and flavor to so many of the different things you're seeing. So you're right. It's not like they're just concentrating on this horrific thing. Uh, they're also discombobulating you. You're not, they're not allowing you to settle into it. You're, it's very immersive in that sense. Yeah. So I think it's again we talk we've talked a lot about the brilliance of these body cams and and how they're used here mm-hmm. and again that's another thing that you know I've said it before but it's another thing that Cameron drew from Alien right we yeah. had the we had an Alien but we didn't have it to this level we didn't have it right. with this much information yeah. given to us and so on so uh, it's good stuff but I I gotta say you know I, this whole sequence that we're entering into here with the cocooning of these colonists is. It's f- fucked up. I mean, I think it's, f- there's no other way to put it. I could say, oh, it's very terrifying. No, to me, it's kind of fucked up. And I can tell you that the first time I saw it, this really bothered me. Yeah. All of this really was disturbing to me. And it's funny because we're talking about a movie that's an action film, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he was not afraid to go really far in these next few minutes to create a horror movie. Suddenly we're in the... This is almost like what might have been a climax of some like haunted house movie, right? When this discovery would be like, yeah, so horrific, it would be the big third act twist, you know. But <laughs> here he's like throwing it in there, like this is what went down, you know. This is the third act twist for the story of Hadley's Hope, you know. Yeah. But that's not our story here. But man, this this gets really crazy, and you know, finally, after all the all of all. After all the profanity and everything that's been thrown around with uh, Newton, uh, we finally get Newt excused. And no, maybe you shouldn't be seeing this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about Newt very much. She's just like sitting by um, as a as a you know 
yeah. as a viewer here. But at this point, finally, Ripley's like, oh, my God. And, of course, she probably realizes, God, she might see her mother. Exactly. <laughs> right? yeah. see Timmy. Yeah. 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 So, like, just the fact that she's sitting there in the first place this entire time is a little, you know, why is she letting her watch TV? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Why she watch scary movies? What do you, yeah. this movie, this is an R-rated movie. What are you <laughs> doing here? News. Get out of here. Oh, I was just going to say, it's a very maternal Ripley here. And, and not and not the kindly maternal that she was earlier, right? Right. The stern mother. It's a sort of a stern thing, but it's also a stern thing because, you know, it's sort of, there's an immediacy to the situation. Uh, and I'm sure on some level, uh, Ripley's having her own little flashbacks. Oh, yeah. Like, but isn't it, that's kind of interesting, right? Because she's got PTSD. They both got P- PTSD, yeah. right? Yeah. Ripley could get lost into in this, like, oh, my God, this is a flashback. But her first instinct is to protect Newt. Yeah. And I think that's very yeah. telling, very interesting. And this also works as, you know, works on the kind of like on, as like a reflection of, of you know, your classic war movie, too, in that, like, you've discovered the atrocities the enemy are willing to commit. Yeah. Yeah. Like this yep. is, the, you know, from the Marines perspective, this is really their first, we are dealing with some serious shit here. Yeah. Like this is now, t- this is scary for us. We are not, you know, this, this is not like your standard, uh, you, you know, your, your standard terrorists or uh, what have you. What if now was the time when uh, Burke said, uh, hey, busy little creatures, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be. Or if you just even went like, "I told you they were busy," and then winked at the camera. <laughs> busier, than I, busier than I thought. Yeah, they. That would have been tipping the hand of the character just a little bit too yeah, much. Too I think. Because yeah. I think Ripley. Then, then you'd have to have a whole scene where Ripley, you know, berated him for being so insensitive. And anyway. So we're gonna we get another bit of a of a revelation of sorts. This is not something we've never seen before, but we got eggs. We got a big empty egg, um, yeah. investigated by Hicks, correct? Uh, yep. In his shotgun. So this is this kind of raises an interesting question to me, kind of confounding moment mm-hmm. in a way, because as I was watching this, we've been talking a lot about all these different things, like the the structural, the interior decorating that the aliens had done. That's something Ripley had never seen before. She says, I don't know what that is. Yeah. This cocooning thing now uh, in our world, she's never seen this either. Yeah. And then I immediately, you know, I started to write the note like, oh, and here's the, here's eggs. But, you know, that's from Alien. But Ripley's never seen that before. And then I went, wait a minute, though. It's true. In Alien, she never sees it. In Alien, as far as we know, Kane never tells anybody about it. Because he gets face hugged. They go get him. Yeah, they bring him on. He wakes up. He gives a really strange answer to what was the last thing he was he remembered. Yeah. They go eat dinner and he dies. But at the beginning of this movie, right, she has a whole story he told about eggs. So she is clearly fully aware of them. But when when did she find out about these eggs? Was that pre dinner conversation, like on the hallway from Med Bay <laughs> exactly, to the yeah. dining room? Oh, I guess. I just remember, there's a bunch of eggs and oh look, there's food. Okay. Oh, right. You remember you just asked me and I, I gave this like ghostly response to your question. <laughs> Sorry, I have all this exposition to give you. I right. forgot. Okay, so there were eggs as far as you could see, right? And, uh, oh, well, let's go eat. That is a little weird. That's like, uh, I mean, I'm just trying to think. Did he put, did Cameron put that in there? Because, I, I mean, at the, in the moment in that scene where she's talking, she's trying to convince everybody that there's a real threat. 
you know, it, it, it's an easy way to say, like, oh, there might be thousands of those eggs, you know, like, people are in trouble there. You know, this isn't, like, a done threat just because they killed the one that was on our ship. Yes. But, uh, but that does create a weird thing. Like, I don't want to have to go back and rewrite Alien to make this, her knowledge of eggs work. That's that's weird. I mean, I guess you can, though. You can. You don't have to rewrite Alien necessarily, but you can go, okay, There's there was a time lapse between... Yeah. And let's just assume it, because you do need it for this movie. You can't have her in that room trying to convince them to do something about this when uh, the, all the information she, ha- she has is that there was this one alien. Yeah. She needs to have that information. She needs to share that with them. Right. So to me, it's fine. It's just something that I never thought about before. I'm like, wait, how did she know about those eggs in, at the beginning of this movie? And yeah. it totally threw me off because I was going to go uh, on another, you know, I guess probably a fairly redundant diatribe about how oh here's another thing that we know about that she doesn't that she's an expert but she's not really the most helpful expert because there's all these things that she doesn't know about but she totally knows about these eggs Mm -hmm. and then hicks knows all about the eggs because she told him right uh maybe not maybe it was never mind it was just in the inquest so i don't know but it is it does raise a question i think we'll talk about more tomorrow about what really went on in this area that they're in right now yeah because there's a lot of things that they find that tells a pretty crazy story, I think. Yeah. So we'll get to that tomorrow, though. Okay. Well, do you guys have anything else for today? No, all my notes lead to that. those questions that I have for tomorrow. <laughs> okay, I feel like tomorrow we're going to have a... It, yeah. It's going to be story time tomorrow. We might tell the secret oh. story of Hadley's Hope. Yeah, <laughs> another chapter in the secret story of Hadley's Hope, because it seems like something really crazy went on in this yeah. area. Yeah. Anyway... Um, all right, well, uh, Joe Mazel, thanks for being with us again. And uh, again, of course, people, you can find him with us, me and Tom, and Pete the Retailer on ABC Devo. That's uh, right now the only place you can find him online, I guess. Uh, Tom, <laughs> I mean, if you want to find me on Facebook, you can, but it's just like nothing really exciting goes on there. Well, he pro- <laughs> and he probably won't accept your friend request. Yeah, I'm so. yeah. really a dick. It'll take him a while. <laughs> all right tom you want to tell people uh i don't know anything you got anything new this any other place you got so many things going on maybe you okay, have a think. twitter account or there's something indiana like jones minute.com yep. there's a tw- there's a there's indiana jones men on twitter uh caddyshack men on twitter caddyshack minute.com we got the caddyshack minute listeners hole and the indiana jones minute and the listeners crusade groups on facebook um and you can find uh my book india <laughs> oh is, you got a secret project yeah. my book and the, and the dinosaur egg goes to hollywood <laughs> uh, um my uh my personal site is i am tom taylor.com and you can there check you out uh, my other things there Cool. All right. And you can find Alien Minute at AlienMinute.com, on Instagram at Alien Minute Podcast, on Twitter at Alien Minute Pod. You can find me at Off Kilter Comps on Twitter if you want to follow my personal Twitter, which is a lot of baseball, honestly. Sorry. Might not be interesting to you. But anyway, I retweet all of Alien Minute stuff. So it's really just, you just go to Alien Minute. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to do it for Minute 59. We'll see you tomorrow for Big Minute 60.